0: From creator Frank Mueller comes the comic series, The Devil You Know. One late night, Graydon Cross comes home to find his family slaughtered and Satan himself standing before him. Fueled with rage, he rushes towards Satan, but is struck down before he gets to have his revenge. Upon his death, God appears before Graydon and gives him a choice.
1: Graydon Cross, I am God. Your family and yourself were murdered by Satan. You may choose heaven, hell, or revenge. I'll send you to hell with powers I've given you to kill Satan. But if you kill Satan, you must become him. Do we have a
0: deal? Deal. His desire for revenge too strong to ignore, Graydon agrees to God's terms and descends to hell on a mission to assassinate the devil and avenge his family. Upon finding himself in hell, Graydon must battle his way through an army of demons, all the while discovering the limitations of his new powers. The Devil You Know, written by Frank Mueller, available on Comixology and AcesAndEightsPress.com. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your refusal to listen would be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. <laughs> Hahahaha. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today from As Fall Leaves Illustration, we have illustrator and graphic designer Josh Warner. Thanks for being with
2: us, Josh. Thank you so much for having
0: me. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. A uh, little update on the Simpsons splitting up in the season 27 that everyone's been talking about. Little Anakin Skywalker <laughs> t- uh, truly going over to the dark side and this high-speed car chases and whatnot. But before we do all that, let's get to recaps. Recaps! Only one thing to talk about, really, uh, recaps, is Jurassic World. It was the what the biggest movie release ever? Ever,
1: I think now, yeah,
0: yeah, beating the yep. Avengers out a lot, yeah, yeah. So okay, I got some numbers here. Domestic brought in four hundred and two million eight hundred thousand and sixty five dollars. Foreign five hundred and eighty four million four hundred thousand. And worldwide grand total as this is as of uh, the twenty first. What was that yesterday? Yes has brought in $987,200,065. We'll just go ahead and call it a billion. Yeah, might as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you seen it, Josh? I have not seen it yet. Um, Have you guys all seen it, though? I haven't seen it yet, either. I have. I I, I couldn't wait. I had to see it. Definitely one for
0: theaters. Oh yeah, it was uh it was good. I I've heard a lot of skepticism. I was skeptical myself, I guess, when it was first coming out just because of the release of The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, they weren't that great. It definitely is better than them. It's like uh a, it's a good sequel to the original.
1: At least it wasn't human dinosaur hybrids like they first wanted to. Yeah, that was crazy. I forgot about that. I've seen released images recently of what what they
0: had
2: planned and ugh. Did you hear about that, Josh? I did hear something about that. Yeah, I didn't see any pictures, though. That, that would be bizarre.
0: Yeah, there were, uh, well, just like concept art. I, I remember yeah. one being like a standing upright uh, triceratops holding a gun. I thought, yeah, yeah. got <laughs> to be fucking kidding me.
1: But the worst was the, uh, the raptor slash human. It was pretty much a, uh, he had the legs of a raptor, kind of short arms, I think, shorter arms. And Like, just remember. a human head and body. I also have to find the, the pictures and throw them <laughs> on the internet.
0: Um, didn't some of them look like the Koopas from the Mario movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think... Nah, they didn't have little bitty heads like that.
2: <laughs> now, obviously, this wasn't going to be a big summer blockbuster no matter what, but does anybody wonder if... Um, The fact that it opened in multiple countries on the same weekend had anything to do with the effect on the amount of money brought in. It seems like a lot of other big pictures we've had lately, they all opened at completely different times all over the world. So, like, uh, for the Avengers, I think the U.K. got it before the U.S. did. Yeah,
1: it was like Uh, a week or so, I think, or something like
2: that. Right. For Ninja Turtles, I think we got Ninja Turtles almost more than a month before uh, a lot of other countries. Yeah. It seems like there's so, I mean, if you can kind of build up the advertising towards one set date worldwide, I think the people are a little more excited about it. I, I Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it's a subconscious thing. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's that just a, not a good comparison when they do the numbers. I, mean, I feel like when they do the box
0: office totals, even if they are on adjacent weekends, that they still, you know, take that opening weekend number. And factor it together. I could be totally wrong, but I'm that's sure if they do it That's like what that I one. was getting from Mojo.com, because when we typically look these up, they always have the—I Yeah. I don't know. I could be way off. You Now, you raised a good point earlier, before we started the show, about there could be a lot of hits coming from Dubai, because they just recently yeah. built— uh, The oh. Jurassic
1: Park— Theme park or something—it was something like that.
0: Was it actually called? Was it actually like Jurassic Park labeled, or is it just like a realistic dinosaur exhibit? I'm gonna have to look into it because I don't. It seems cool as heck. But um, about the time they were talking about building that, one of our episodes, what we get like six. We had an episode with uh, Derek Davis on talking about his project Jurassic Time, which was uh, the audio memoirs of John Parker Hammond as read by Richard Attenborough, who played John Hammond in the movie. But um, once that episode went up, and about the time they announced that they were going to start building that thing, or maybe... It was about the
1: same time, yeah. Our our downloads blew up like crazy for like three weeks, all from Dubai.
0: On that one episode. Yeah. I bet that one episode pulled six, seven hundred downloads. Wow. Like in a matter of like three, four four weeks. Yeah. Just from the United Arab Emirates. (laughs) Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> so, I'd, yeah, they probably had a lot to do with this uh, movie release. like, what the heck's going on? we got tons of downloads. But all excuses aside, I mean, it was a great movie. I strongly recommend anyone see it if you are a, a dinosaur fan. Chris Pratt's in it. I'm in. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> I love yeah, Chris Pratt. Uh,
2: I think we're pretty due just for some sort of mini dinosaur craze in general, just because it, it seems like dinosaurs have not been cool for quite a while. And yeah. they're so awesome and fascinating, and there's an entire like younger generation that should be into dinosaurs and doesn't have a whole bunch of cool dinosaur books and comics and films at, like, you know, we did, you know, we had right. dinosaurs everywhere. And it, of course, everywhere I look now, it's it's just uh, like dino mania. And I've been getting hit up for dinosaur jobs like crazy lately. I just turned down no kidding like two big, big dinosaur jobs from people who are just scrambling to get dinosaur products out before this Christmas. So like they're uh-huh. all, it, which is why I had to turn everything down. I'm, I'm booked for like the next five months. But they're, wow. you know, they've got all these strict deadlines like we need, you know, I've got a board game and I need all this artwork put out and done within two months so that we can go into production and uh, trading card sets and just all sorts of uh, dinosaur stuff that people are just scrambling because I don't think anybody quite saw just how big this is going to be in time for them exactly. to, kind of, you know, follow up with dinosaur products. <laughs>
0: no, I, think I
1: agree with, with the, the split releases. I think like other like, OK, it opens up this weekend. Here next weekend is UK. I think they kind of listen to what we think at the same time, whether or not they go. Otherwise, oh, since really? it opened worldwide the same time, there was no, I mean, no one really listened to what happened other than the time, like I the see. time change. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's like you were saying earlier, you know, that dinosaurs haven't been like the craze in a while. And if I don't know, remembering back to what was it? Ninety three. The first one came out. Ninety four. Yeah. Uh, Before Jurassic Park, what was the frame of reference of dinosaurs? You heard about them at school, maybe saw them in cartoons, but as far as seeing them in a movie, like any kind of uh, realistic-looking dinosaur, it just wasn't there. It was a stop-motion clay... Or claymation, pretty much. Oh so yeah, was, like yeah. Uh, like the original Lost World. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what uh, was that Marvel like kids comic that was also a cartoon series that was in the early '90s where they rode they rode dinosaurs around with guns strapped to them and stuff. Dino saucers? No. Oh, Dino riders. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot so like, about that. I feel like there's a lot of like really short-lived animated dinosaur things that were just to kind of like get some toys out and then they right. were on to like the next thing there was I a, a lot oh. of dinosaur stuff as a kid but you're right there wasn't as far as like Jurassic Park was a whole new thing it
0: yeah
2: we had never seen anything quite like it but dinosaurs in general I felt like were, were popular I always had trading cards and you know I was getting like oh, yeah. magazines and stuff in the mail we're all
0: just very, I think, uh, we're desensitized to the excitement of, the you know, mm-hmm. we we know what they look like now. New generation's coming up, it's, you know, they've got Jurassic Park to reference, and what, what more could you, you know, use? Yeah, that was pretty much right on. So I don't think they'll ever uh, achieve the popularity of the first movie, but... Uh, Anyway, man, since you said the early 90s dinosaur cartoons, do you remember one called Denver the Last Dinosaur? Yeah. I don't remember that one, no. actually. Wow, man, that was a cheesy show. Yeah, that was. <laughs> you play like electric guitar and wore sunglasses. He, yeah, and like the opening is like, yeah. Denver the Last Dinosaur. <laughs> I'm going to definitely put that theme song in, so just listen for that. But uh, yeah, Chris Pratt has also said that he's already signed on for a sequel.
2: I heard a quote where he quoted something like uh, he was joking, of course. But he said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've got me for like another 38 films or something." Like, that.
0: <laughs> oh really?
2: Because he was yeah, that's really what it
0: was. Just um, taking out of
2: context. Um, yeah, and he just he made that as a joke, but it was definitely you know like he couldn't say what his contract was, but it was he was saying that there was going to be more for sure. Especially after this opening
0: the opening weekend it had. Yeah. My God, how could you not? <laughs> All right, anything else on the Jurassic Park, guys? No, I'll see it here pretty soon. Jurassic World, I guess. Probably watch <laughs> it this weekend. Strongly recommend it. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it! And with that, let's just move right into the rumor mill. The rumors!
1: Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. yeah.
0: The rumors. Jack, you have something on a new Marvel star? Yeah,
1: this is probably going to make you kind of upset. I was pretty upset when I oh, read it. Oh, God. Yep. Apparently, there's a, a UK tabloid called The Daily Store, The Star, that claims to have heard that Marvel's looking for Beyonce to become in one of the next Marvel comic book movies.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Who? Uh, there's a couple of, that they said could possibly she could play. As, uh, one is Boom Boom.
0: The fuck is Boom Boom?
1: She, I had to look her up because I never heard of her before She was back in the Secret Wars back in the 80s But she can like shoot plasma and detonate it wherever she wants and they're to They're
0: going to give Beyonce a movie of this character no one cares about Just to get her <laughs> in the contract But anyway.
2: uh, that's, uh, Fox should have the rights to Boom Boom Exactly She's an X-Force uh, character, some a mutant
1: Yes, yes Also uh, Blink, which we saw her in Days of Future oh, Past yeah. last summer Which is another, of course that's Fox because it's a mutant uh, Another one is Tigra, which I'm not familiar with her and the last one was
2: Hawkeye <laughs> so, yeah. what a massive stuff here that's, that's, <laughs> it's really interesting especially with with the whole Fox thing I mean Marvel Studios doesn't really get a say in any of that casting but um, just the idea of like trying to place her for somebody just to use her she doesn't have enough acting experience to you know stick in a major role of any kind I mean a right. cameo or something sure but she was cool and. Gold member. Yeah, but that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's totally yes. totally different. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, how sickening.
1: Yeah. That's I was, I was pretty upset about it. Yeah. A lot of the comments on the article people were like, I could see her being like in the background singing a song. Maybe. You know, but that other
0: I mean, than that, keep to your crappy music and award shows yeah. and let us have our comic movies. <laughs> we're gonna be putting Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj in this stuff before you know it. Oh god.
1: Uh Iggy Azalea.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Chandelier. Anything else on that? No. God, I hope that's a rumor. It doesn't come to fruition. I, I feel like you mentioned that before, maybe, some time ago.
1: I know it was, though, that rates right up along with uh, Angelina Jolie directing that's a, a Marvel means. movie.
0: Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. What if it turned out to be the same movie? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Uh, another rumor here is uh, everyone's been hearing lately, including myself. I was had it written down to report on it. Supposedly, in season 27 of The Simpsons, Homer and Marge are supposed to either split up temporarily or get divorced. And turns out that Homer and Marge made a video of themselves, put it out, saying that it's all just rumors. That's not going to happen. It's CNN just trying to make up news. What'd they say? That, uh... CNN announced it and then the real news (laughs) But anyway, we're going to uh, just turn it over to Homer and Marge from that video and uh, let you just hear it for yourself. Hello. Homie and I are here to address baseless rumors that we are going to split up. Wait, what? When did this happen? The story was first reported on CNN. Then
2: the real news started reporting it
0: all over
2: the world.
0: So that's why Apu went <coughs> when he sold me that beer at 8 a.m. Beer at 8 in the morning? It wasn't really morning, because I hadn't gone to sleep. Can't those news media guys cover more important things like LeBron's junk? Homer. We all saw it, Marge. We had to see it. Now listen here. Marjorie and I are as solid as a rock. I mean, if she didn't dump me when I nearly slept with the donut lady. Maybe we shouldn't be discussing this in front of the whole world. Aw, look, here's Cupid to save everything. You see, Cupid, I see a baby whose diaper you never change. Smart, sweetie. I heartily apologize for all my actions during this video about how much we love each other. Can you forgive me? When I see you like that, what answer can there be except... Ah, 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 Don't worry, honey. Daddy will be fine. No, I won't. I'll never see you again. Call CNN. Mm-hmm. All right, and there you have it. So... I was
1: really upset to hear that that was possibly going to happen.
0: I was too, but I mean, when I first heard I thought it was only going to be like a single episode kind of thing. You know how they go on the outs, and by the end, they make up, oh, homie. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they were talking like this was going to be a whole season-long thing or something, but
2: very cool way for them to address a rumor to actually uh, animate you know a short cartoon about it is pretty awesome yeah, because yeah. you get to you get to kind of uh, be in the news some more you get to utilize the rumor and get more press out of it because now people have something more to talk about in regards to the rumor without just making a simple statement as uh, no, it's not true. Instead, they're getting YouTube hits. They're getting, you know, uh, more people seeing Simpsons and being interested and in now hopefully, you know, a little boost in ratings for a bit. So it's um it's yeah. pretty cool. I feel bad for the animators, though, because, of course, you know, this probably, they're all on salary and it's like, oh, guess what, you guys? You're not going home. Uh, this <laughs> we got to make a 10-minute <laughs> video real quick. Exactly, It's not part of your regular job either, so you're just going to have to do it in extra time.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the Simpsons have done all kinds of stuff. I feel like they, uh... Years ago, maybe like we're animated, like coming on the stage, maybe at the Grammys or something and presenting an award. I know that mm. Homer had gone on David Letterman before and read the top 10. I remember yeah. that, Yeah. And I remember Beavis and Butthead being on yeah. David Letterman, too, yep. years back. <laughs> <laughs> Funny stuff. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't I don't think that video is so cut and dry as nope, it's not happening, because after they say it's not happening, they start kind of bickering back and forth. And <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? That'll do it for the rumor mill. The
1: rumors can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah, Yeah.
0: rumors. All right, let's talk about some comics, guys. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. Go first. I read the <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbuster
1: crossover that happened was a over the mm, fall I think it was yeah
0: something like that I've had them for a while I still haven't read them I had them for a while because I was trying to get number one
1: and I just don't think they're reprinting it or what so I ended up having to get it digital that's how and ended up It
0: was up. a hard one to get your hands on yeah. that's for sure It's I still I don't know if you can get it That one there is what a second print? Yeah this
1: is the number two one So what happens in this one There's these ancient beings from way back that I guess there was all these agents that, that ruled the world and then they kind of just disappeared with into legend, so no one really knew about them. That was the setting up of the story. At the very beginning, there's a, a woman, she's doing some incantation and her brother comes up behind her and is like, hey, you're doing magic. And she's like, yeah, I'm you know opening up this portal. And he's like, well, you know, you're breaking the rules. You're not supposed to be using it like this. You're supposed to use it to do your will to, to humans. And then all of a sudden, Crane comes walking out of the portal.
0: Oh, snap.
1: And he tries to, uh, the brother ends up trying to take out Crane, but Crane backhands him into, into a portal and is pretty much like, well, he's going to be either dead or he's in limbo. So then it jumps to New York, present time. The turtles are in a uh, factory working. is working on something with a scientist. I can't remember his name. But oh, it, uh, it ended up being Tech from fug- Fugitoid. Fugitoid. Fugitoid that they end up building a time portal. Well, not a portal, just a, a dimensional gateway. And they thought they were going to be cool and jump in, go into the portal, and surprise Master Splinter with some pizza back at the lair. But <laughs> once they, uh, they turn the portal on, there's a fly flying around. The scientist ends up hitting the switch wrong. They go through the portal, show up in an alternate New York where the Ghostbusters live. Oh, man. And then all of a sudden, the ghost that appears out of nowhere was the the Immortals' brother that's running around trying to take over mm. and, and absorb all the humans. Okay. And they end up they end up taking him out. It's pretty good. It was fun watching Donatello because he was kind of in his element with the Ghostbusters being scientists super and, smart. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And it was <laughs> the very beginning once they like April, April and Casey went with them too. And once she was introducing him all to as you know Donatello, Leonardo, Bankman's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, uh, he's like, this is Botticelli, this is Signorelli, I'm <laughs> Titan, and uh, this is El Greco. <laughs> it was pretty funny oh, though.
0: Oh man, that looks good. I need to read it. I, it's at the very bottom of my big stack over here. There's I, something always deters me before yeah. I get to the bottom.
2: Remind me, mean, that, that was a miniseries, right? It was just a few issues. Yeah, it was a four-parter. Four-parter.
0: Okay. Oh, is that it? There's yeah. Only four parts. I yep. didn't realize that.
1: That yeah. was pretty good they ended up saving the day and going back home like they do sure but uh I I didn't like I don't like the way that the ghostbusters are drawn to just like you said
0: I wasn't big on the art and I think that's kind of what pushed me away not that it's bad art it's just uh the turtles looked really big and I'm really particular about how my turtles look you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> the turtles looked all right the the way the ghostbusters I don't know maybe it's the humans they were real their faces are real chiseled I guess and sharp yeah. edges on. And I I didn't like that too much. The ghosts looked really cool with the the lighting effects that were coming off of them.
0: Yeah, again, not bad art. Just it comes down to uh, preference, Preference. I think. Yeah, Cool. It was pretty good. All right. Would you like to go next, Josh, or do you want me to go?
2: Yeah, sure, I'll go. Sure. Um, Hopefully this isn't something you guys talked about recently. Uh, From what I listened to, I didn't hear uh, anybody mention it. The the, new Howard the Duck series?
0: Uh, (laughs) As a matter of fact. Yeah, two weeks ago, but go ahead. (laughs) Oh, really? How did I miss that? No, go ahead, man. We've had repeat books. Yeah, it's it's cool to get someone else's interpretation of the book, and especially yeah. since you haven't heard that. I'm really curious to hear what you guys say.
2: <laughs> well, um, I'm playing catch up on so much stuff right now. Uh, like, I've just got this gigantic stack of to to read stuff. Oh yeah, been, uh, just <laughs> the life of a comic book reader. <laughs> yeah, so of course, like working in the comic industry, it's almost impossible to actually read comics, and uh, so it's like when, when I pay, occasionally get a chance. Um, I, I know whether or not I'm going to have the time to delve into an actual comic or if I just want to read something quick and light, you know? Exactly. And that's what Howard the Duck was for me. I was intending it to be a quick, easy, light read that I didn't have to follow up on if I didn't choose to. But um, I picked up one and two at the same time just to um, to give them the world, a call, like, the second printing of one and the first printing of two. I thought they were pretty true to his character uh, yeah. attitude-wise. Um, I like the idea. Uh, I like the comic is built in with his business and is, uh, you know, being neighbors with She-Hulk. Uh, right. It's entertaining. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where they're going with the introduction of the new character, the uh, the tattoo artist or not. You know, I have no idea what the point of her is yet. But
0: Oh, yeah. The girl that uh, he hooks up with in jail.
2: Yeah. And she ends up helping him uh, right. from uh, Black Cat. Um, but uh, I, you know, I read straight through. As soon as I finished one, I picked up two um, and read right through that as well. And uh, it was fun getting to you know see his interactions with Guardians of the Galaxy and. Um, they didn't bother attempting a bigger story, it was just pretty straightforward, which I thought was probably the way to go so they can just right. focus on the dialogue and, and what people are really looking for in a Howard the Duck comic, you know, which is not uh, amazing writing or anything
0: Yeah, if you put too much on a Howard the Duck comic, you're gonna drive people away, people super go Super deep storyline Yeah, people go to, a, I think, for the simplicity like you were saying, just a lighter read, nothing you have to really pay attention and commit
2: to like the secret wars or stuff yeah. like that, you know Right, so I feel like this is probably a vehicle for, similar to Deadpool, it's kind of a vehicle for humor and tons of guest stars, uh, you know, like, every, mm. you know, it's from guessing every Star Arc is going to, you know, be a little, uh, you know, what would these two characters interact like you know let's see how you know rocket and howard would be talking to each other and so i mean i think that's fun and interesting and it's cool just to remind everybody that he's there and he's part of things and he's in the same universe and stuff like that so um i enjoyed it overall i don't know if it'd be something that i would bother actually spending money on like to continue reading (laughs) you know maybe if there was like a howard the ducks digital sale for 99 cents i'd probably you know grab up a bunch at once or something like that but sure I don't think it's going to be in my poll or anything like that, especially with just my limited, you know, reading opportunities right now. But, uh, I still, uh, it was worth, it was worth it for me. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, you know, a fun read if nothing else. And I, I thought the little bit with Spider-Man was hilarious when he thought that, uh, Howl was dead. (laughs) And he makes a little shrine, and he's sleeping there. And he's he, they make him out to be this total like sad sack. He's crying about Uncle Ben and crap. It was I thought that was great.
0: <laughs> now I only read the first one, and I, again, I, I really liked it. What I loved about it was how the end kind of played into the, uh, the the after credit
2: scene of the actual Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Right. Yep. Setting him up as uh, being in a cage, you know, from the uh, the collector. Yeah. Having- right. Which makes perfect sense that the collector would want him there, and would also want Rocket there too. So, that's it, it, which starts off with number two. Um, he's sharing a cell, you know, with Rocket uh, because he was picked up the same way. But what he doesn't know is that Rocket is playing the collector. He's actually there to uh, steal something, and so he let himself get caught because he has a plan to break out. And the guards are going to come save him, and you know, take him with them. Uh,
0: Rocket Raccoon's slippery, isn't he? Yeah, he is.
2: <laughs> So it was—it was cool, especially the second issue, because uh, it's straight up action all the way through, and you know you get the rest of the Gardens of Galaxy in it, and just yeah. crates, and you get both, you know, Howard and Rocket being super cranky, um, which is fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I hadn't decided whether or not I was going to start buying it, but uh, I might just have to take your word for it. You've seen further down the road than I have. Now another one I bought the same day as Howard was the Incredible Squirrel Girl yeah. or Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and that I really enjoyed that. Again, same kind of feeling, lighthearted, non no commitment. To no it. commitment. Yeah. yeah
2: you just- oh yeah, you know I actually, did I remember you talking about that? It was like a Galactus. It was yeah, Galactus, yeah. yeah. right? So I did listen to that one. Yeah, um, I have not read that yet, but from what you'd said, uh, it's probably something I'll pick up. I'm thinking I might just wait it out and get the first trade. And uh- oh, there you go and blow through a bunch at once because yeah it sounded like a lot of fun and it's of course getting tons of attention and reviews which yeah which still so, me too. I, I yeah, I'm to it I am curious what was going on what the appeal is like I mean I think it's fun and I, f- I see the appeal too but I can't put my finger on why you know yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. just it's so ridiculous I mean
2: yeah I guess that's it really
0: <laughs> the cover of that issue is what caught my attention the, like, I yeah, 16 still men, about like 16-bit like Street yep. Fighter that yeah, cover was okay. amazing
2: that was cool yeah.
0: but very cool man That was a good book. All right. Uh, What I have this week is, on Free Comic Book Day, I picked up a Dark Circle Comics kind of a uh, sampler book. It has three, like I'd say half issues of three of their titles. And the one I read was The Black Hood, number one. And uh, what it is, is it starts off with this cop just kind of cruising around on his bike, out on patrol... And he hears that uh, there's a gang fight happening. And I think this is in uh, Philadelphia, which people are calling Killadelphia, just because there's so much like, gang violence war and people being caught in the crosshairs who live in the neighborhood. So um, a call comes in saying there's a, you know, a, uh, like a gang shootout happening at the intersection of this street and that street. And he, this guy's the closest officer to the scene. And he's like, man, there's an elementary school right there. I got to get over there. So he goes over, you know, pulls out his gun, and he's prepared to walk up and, you know, say, freeze. And this dude catches him off guard, blasts across the face with a shotgun, annihilates half of his face. Shoots him? Yeah. Oh. And uh, it, in his, like, confusion, he fires, like, one last shot off and kills the uh, leader of that group there, which was wearing a black hood. and was dubbed the black hood. Killed him, shot him right between the eyes. Was so the cop's name Murphy. You know, I don't know That's RoboCop reference No, off, uh, oh <laughs> uh, Gregory Heidinger is what okay. was his name Or is his name, I should say But anyway, he wakes up in the hospital He's all bandaged up And people are all over him saying, you know, calling him a hero And he doesn't understand why He just killed somebody And whether or not they were good or bad It's like weighing heavy on him that I just killed somebody and, uh, but again, it was somebody that I guess the like the FBI or someone had been after for a long time. He didn't know. He was just, you know, reporting to the scene and took him out. And so everyone's dubbed him this big hero. Well, they uh, take the bandages off his face, and it has a very, very kind of two faced kind of look to him. Like the side of him is just mm. wrinkled, scarred, uh, patches of skin taken from other parts of his body to mend him and he's he's just downright hideous but he (laughs) he comes out of the hospital and he has to learn to talk again he can't anything he says comes out mumbled. and getting back into his real life you know he goes i go to all these handshaking ceremonies go to meet all these people because i'm dubbed this hero he's like but i can tell you know when they shake my hand they kind of sneer i gross them out and he it's getting to him it's eating at him and um the very last panel just says you know i had to tell i had to tell them i was leaving early today because i i couldn't take this and it just ends so that is where he becomes somehow the black hood now that's it's a very short like again maybe a quarter of a normal comic book but the cover of it you can see here uh like through it one makes of the sense eyes now
1: looking at it yeah,
0: yeah that he's uh, all scarred up it's definitely him under there so i don't know if he's going to become a vigilante or what he's going to become but i'm interested to see more so that was uh, a dark circle comic the black hood number 1 never heard of them I hadn't either until I picked it up on a free comic book day.
2: They are uh, an Archie imprint that just yeah. launched. That was their first, um, this is the one of the first titles, that was was the Black Hood. And, and they're using, I think they're going back and they're taking, like Archie used to do some superhero stuff like way back when, and uh, that they still own the rights to. So they're going to be doing, using some of their old, um, like Golden and the Silver Age heroes that they used to have uh, in some of their titles. Um, I actually picked up that first issue, but I haven't read it yet. I picked it up just solely based on the um, the kind of dark noir feel to it. And, yeah, it definitely has that, yeah. Yeah, and the rough inks. I, I like how rough the inks are. Yeah, like the
0: heavy shadowing and everything. It, it's... Uh... The art's really good,
2: and uh, kudos, to Archie for having some serious business sense lately. They, they, they're and recognizing that um, to do this, to kind of grab a bigger slice of the you know customer pie, that they have to have other imprints. Um, they can't. They can't put that alongside the same, you know, company that puts out Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) You know, know the cartoony stuff. Parents need to know that they can just kind of trust that if it says Archie that they're okay, unless it says, you know, Archie Horror or, you know, Black Circle.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes the other way, too. I mean, if you get uh, someone who's looking for something dark and gritty like this and... They see the cover, which looks that way, but as soon as you were to see that Archie thing up in the top left corner, you're like, oh yeah, no, okay, that's not going to be start I'm thinking. So, good move on them. Yeah, what I little bit I read was very good, so I'm I'm going to try to pick that one up. That's enough comic talk this week, and with that, let's move right into real world
1: heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? It's kind of funny. This hero kind of reminds me of that comic. Really? Yeah. So we have this week from South London. He's been dubbed the Bromley Batman, but I guess he wants himself to be called the Bromley Shadow.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, he, <laughs> he made his presence known late Monday, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he rescued a city worker from an apparent gang of knife-wielding, foul-mouthed thugs who demanded his phone and wallet. Uh, the guy that... Was saved. Thought he was uh, done for, but then a, a six foot tall man dressed in black combat style trousers, a muscle top, wearing a black bandana mask came running towards him and kicked the hell out of the people. Really? And then just disappeared. Yeah. And there's also been a couple other occurrences where the same type of thing happened. Um, another guy said there's two drunken men beating up another guy. And they were interrupted by a mass vigilante that came and whooped the hell out of two of them. <laughs> Sent the other one running, and then he just poof disappears
0: out into the night. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. You know, I've always thought, you know, since all these, since the comic book world has blown up over the past, what, 10 some years now, you know, it's not taboo anymore, it's mainstream, everyone's into it. Sooner or later, someone out there has really got to try to be a hardcore mm-hmm. vigilante. Sooner or later, sometime. I mean, you've got the people like, uh, who was it, like Phoenix Jones? I mean, I guess that's probably the closest thing. Yeah. Did. But a lot of them, they just throw the outfit on, walk the streets, maybe raise some money. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You're doing some <laughs> very noble work. But this, I mean, this is a straight-up kind of like a Batman guy right here. This one, one that happened, uh, he
1: said he grabbed one of the guys attacking him, put him in some kind of ninja lock, then he pushed that guy... While twisting his arm into one of the other guys, and then they both knocked down. And they both both fell down, and then he, yeah, dipped out. Wow. So it was kind of like it reminds me of the, the the hallway scene in Daredevil.
0: Oh no, kidding! Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Was there a lot? Did it tell a lot about the other occurrences? Or I'm gonna have to look into this. That was
1: pretty much all. Just the what i what what I have said.
0: In the Bromley Shadow is what he wanted to be called. Yeah, yeah. I it was it uh, early
1: last week. I found the article, and then just the other day, I found another one saying that he wishes to be called the
0: Bromley Shadow. So uh, what? He hasn't like revealed his identity. He just like put up. No. A- I don't want to be called Batman.
2: <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, does he have like a Twitter account? And how did he let people know this? Yeah, that's one. <laughs> I don't know. I've got to, to look more into it.
0: <laughs> he hired a plane to ride it in the sky or something. <laughs> it's pretty
2: cool. Um, it's it really cool. makes you wonder what his night was like. The fact that he was kind of, he doesn't sound like it was coincidence that he was in the right place at the right time. And made, made you wonder if he's basically trailing shady looking people all night waiting for them to try to mug someone you know that's a good point
0: i didn't think about that it's like what you do
2: playing watchdogs oh yeah so. <laughs>
0: wow i didn't think about that that's really uh wow a, the fact
1: good. that he's a big mystery still is a the big deal like phoenix jones came out and took his mask off and yeah. stuff after a while so so he, he's still uh, anonymous i guess other wow. than the, there's the masked vigilante that wants to be called the Shadow.
0: And for that, Bromley Shadow, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So continue your uh, your good vigilante work there. I'm going to be really following this guy. I want to see what happens if he uh, eventually does like reveal his identity and comes mainstream. For he really stays the Batman core. That'd be and awesome. Stays if stay in the that, shadows.
1: Maybe it's Bromley. Bromley? Uh, it's UK, so could be pronounced different. Probably. Us yanks over here call it different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) just some Ohio hymns. Anyway, moving on. We'll jump into some stories here really quick, a few things to talk about, and then we'll turn our full attention over to Josh Warner and talk about some of the stuff he has going on at As Fall Leaves Illustration. Uh, First, Jack, Fantastic Four.
1: Yes, Fox has pulled Fantastic Four and the sequel Rise of the Silver Surfer off of all digital download stores. You can't get them at all anymore. The reason speculated is because they don't want people to be excited to see the new movie and be like, oh, I'm going to go catch up on the first two and thinking that this is probably like a third one. Well, being the Marvels not licensing anything and making yeah. any toys and stuff, they gotta kind of cover their ass as much as they can. Make
0: sure those movies never existed.
2: <laughs> I think that's a smart move. I think most most uh, studios wouldn't do that. I think if anything, if they had the rights to um, both their reboot and their original, they would allow to you know more sales to be racked up because there's an opportunity to make a lot of money on your old films right before the new one comes out. Just like any reboot, right? I mean. You know, yeah. suddenly RoboCop remake's about to come out and all the old school Robocop sales like skyrocket. So right. they, if it's the same company, they're of course they're putting out a brand new DVD like with bonus features that wasn't released before. They're they're gonna, you know, try to make as much money as they can. But I think they're really smart in not giving into that and really wanting to rebrand. Fantastic yeah. Four as a name By oh, yeah. hiding the previous name That's that's the way to go They'll probably uh, pump them back out After
0: Fantastic Four is out on DVD well, I think one. you can still You can still rent it like on
1: Netflix When you're getting the, the DVD sent to you oh, okay. But as for buying digital You can't It's nowhere to be found anymore
0: They've been playing that on like IFC or AMC Or something recently too Yeah
1: we? I saw a couple Last couple weeks I think, I think was This weekend own.
0: as well too Yeah a few weeks ago and this weekend but um, yeah, I'm ready for a uh, Fantastic Four refresher. I enjoy those the old ones. I mean, they're not the best movies, but they're uh, they're still a lot of fun. They were fun when you first saw it, except for the whole Galactus
2: part of it. Uh, the yeah. second one that was show Galactus. Yeah, it yeah. was a shame because I thought the Silver Surfer himself was. Incredible! I yeah, thought Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Everything I would want in the look, um, the voice, the the everything about him, mm-hmm. I thought was great. And he, I think that's really what carried uh, that film. Yeah, I think it made the sequel so much better than the first. But to not, not really do Galactus properly, kind of, uh, it, yeah, it was a. I, unfortunately, I, that worries me for every Fox film. Like they have very little interest in in like appeasing comic book fans. They just take an idea and. Throw a non-comic book writer script writer at it right. and make a cool movie. We have the right to use this. <laughs> I think in the end of Silver Surfer, when he went into when he
1: blew up Galactus at the very end, I think when he went into the cloud and then he, you see the explosion. I want to say you kind of see the shape of his helmet.
0: In, oh like yeah, you definitely do. Like there's fire like outlining his helmet. Yeah. But dude, they think we couldn't handle it or something. <laughs> we we
2: know what he looks like. Yeah. Show him to us. We want to see the movie one. And they could have done. And what are they afraid of being cheesy? Because those are some of the cheesiest comic book films that have come out in the past decade. So right, I yeah. think that's a fear here. There's a good way to do Galactus. Galactus is not that ridiculous looking. We've, no. we've gotten all sorts of costumes, you know, lately that. Uh, you don't have to change a whole lot, like d- dull that purple down to a really low saturated dark burgundy-ish color and right. all of a sudden it's not so gaudy anymore. You right. know? The rest of them can be super mechanical looking with this you know, organic face and that's really all you have to do to be true and just kind of stay true to the shape of the helmet and you're good to go. So it would it'd be easy to make a badass Galactus. Let's, let's hope this reboot gives us one in a sequel in the future.
0: Oh, I bet it will. I'm excited for I would for say so, yeah, especially the, if the first one's successful.
1: Yeah, the TV spots that have been showing up that is showing more of their powers, it's getting me a little bit more excited to see it.
0: Right. I, I, I really like that uh, they don't look like a bunch of supermodels, you know? I mean, yeah. not that they're hideous people or anything, but they look like your average Joes. Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't know. But they don't look like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> all right, anything else on that? That's all I got on that. Another thing to talk about, just really quick, more of a mention, is we got to see uh, some actual online gameplay from Star Wars Battlefront's oh, new game yeah. coming out. Uh, you a fan of those
2: games at all there, Josh? Joss? Um, I have played a little bit of them, uh, not as much as I'd like to. <laughs> but it's the, um, I saw the first trailer, so it wasn't gameplay, but man, it looked... It was as, as exciting for me to watch that as it was to see the movie trailer. I was blown away. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: The in-game multiplayer video was insane. You know, like typically how those videos start is you get a quick cinematic and then it cuts to the action, which you can okay, now we're in-game. Mm-hmm. This you couldn't tell. No. Like you, when you realize you're in-game, you're like, oh, wow, really? This is the in-game graphics. Like what they showed was Hoth. And the, uh, the walkers, you know, attacking the rebel base, and you were playing one of the soldiers who's running through, like, the snowy, carved-out hallways of the rebel base. And just the detail, one of the walls, two of, like, just little bits of snow falling from the ceiling. Yeah, any
1: around. steam coming from vents just yeah. wafting, wafting by as you walk through it kind of thing. Not just. The
0: attention to detail yeah. is incredible, not to mention when you're actually out there in, like, a snow speeder or fighting uh, one of the walkers or something. But I can't wait It looked incredible I love how I mean
1: they do They've been doing it In games for a while If you're inside And you go to a Like you're heading out To a door How it's really bright And then your eyes Adjust to it Oh right The way it was On that one It just I don't know They've been doing that For a while But that just Looked awesome Because it was You couldn't see anything And then It looked you real could it, Yeah
0: Yeah I can't wait Was there a release date On that Do you know what that uh, is yet I think yet? it's holiday Next year Yeah, it's, it's, ugh. yeah. <laughs> What are you doing to us All right. Well, that's all I had to say. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Maybe you can put it on the website, that video. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. All right. Uh, A few more things here. Uh, Have you heard of Waze, W-A-Z-E, which is kind of like a navigational system, I believe? Mm -hmm. No. I hadn't either. But what I read was that Waze, which is a navigational, I believe, app, maybe, is teaming up with Arnold Schwarzenegger in promotion of Terminator Genesis, where Arnold's voice will be navigating you to wherever you need to go. Turn left here.
1: Yeah, I I caught a clip of that uh, on TV last week, I think.
0: That would be so (laughs) awesome. awesome. (laughs) I would just use it to go to work. I already know where I'm going, obviously, (laughs) but I just want to hear what he says. But I guess he's going to be throwing, like, one-liners, obviously, from the movies in there, Mm. which, eh, kind of cheesy, but still. If it worked
1: in there well enough, I think it'd be all right.
0: I don't remember if it was with Waze or who it was with But they, this has been done before I think Mr. T did one before mm. <laughs> Don't let <it> fool <laughs> But anyway, I just wanted to mention that I'm not sure how you get it I should have probably researched that a little bit better But Anyway, I just wanted to mention that quick Sounded funny uh, One more thing before we turn our attention over to Josh uh, Little Anakin Skywalker here Is into some mischief Not so little anymore, but definitely Turn into the dark side Jake Lloyd, who played uh, Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace, and he was also in Jingle All the Way with Arnold uh, while we're talking about Arnold. I didn't realize that until today when I was reading that. Yep, he definitely was. Maybe you've got the story right in front of you there. What, he was on a high-speed car chase that ended up, like, plowing into a bunch of trees or something? Yeah, he...
1: Someone reported somebody driving erratically on the freeway And the cops ended up coming up behind him They ended up finding who it was Got behind him, turned on lights He didn't want to pull over So he started hauling ass It was about 100, 100 mile an hour, I guess they were going what? In some spots He ended up Led offers through a, a a wooded area Before wrecking his car After crashing through a small fence and some trees So mm. He didn't get hurt He got a scratch on his face i seen the mugshot
0: yeah, and what a gnarly... He's rough-looking now. <laughs> you know what's funny about that mugshot, though? I'm glad you mentioned that I almost forgot. Let me pull it up here so you can see. The, uh, it's just purely coincidental, but the coat or whatever he's wearing... Kind of looks like a uh, Jedi robe. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, it does. It's got that
1: color, that that light
0: tan kind of.
2: Uh, Podcast or uh, the uh, uh, pod racing jokes. I, I'm just waiting for somebody to Photoshop like the pod racing helmet on that photo.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll be the
1: first. Maybe they'll be uh, 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 probably be like helicopter footage, and someone
0: will like Photoshop a pod racer going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so freaking funny. Oh yeah, he looks hit right there, and he looks mean as a oh yeah. I've now I've heard and read and seen videos that he like totally hates Star Wars. Now he got rid <laughs> of all of his memorabilia, burned it all because it. Was responsible for him being picked on through school and stuff. I would think that Jingle All the Way would probably do worse than (laughs) Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is cool no matter what age you are, you know? But um, just being very cold to anyone who asked him about Star Wars. And I remember watching a video online where um, a video podcaster was at a convention. Kind of like we do, you know, just going to talk to Mm -hmm. people. And uh, pulled him aside to have just a quick video interview with him. Man, I really felt for this guy Because he was really trying his best And you could tell he was nervous That's how you When you talk to these people You get nervous Oh yeah And he kept tripping Here and there But uh, for the most part Did a great job But he was just cold Just shut off Like anytime you mentioned Star Wars He could roll his eyes Or get irritated why the hell are you at a convention if you don't want to talk about Star Wars?
2: Yeah, you know? it ruined your childhood if you're traumatized from being a child star or something. I, I never quite get that. I mean, I imagine he he probably couldn't escape Star Wars every single year of his life, and nobody you know took him as a teenager when they always see him as a boy, and then uh, you know all the way up. But still, though, like you've got you've had time to. uh Create yourself as an actor instead of as a, a Star Wars character. Like you, you could have been doing more and pushing yourself out there, and you know retraining people's minds to accept you and see you as a well-rounded actor. You had plenty of time to do that, and you yeah. didn't.
1: <laughs> Look at Mark Hamill. He doesn't. He's not known as Luke Skywalker anymore. So much,
0: right? I mean, a lot of people see him and they're like, "Oh, it's cock knocker." Oh, hey, it's uh, yeah. it's a Joker, you know. It's yeah. not always straight to. I liked I like him way better. I think it was the Joker before Luke Skywalker anymore. He's, yeah, he's definitive Joker. Well, anyway, so uh, Jake Lloyd, I I hope your life turns around for you. Wouldn't you just be more? Upset? Shouldn't you be pissed off at your parents more so than Star Wars? I mean, for pushing you into that. I'm sure he wasn't out making the deals at eight yeah. or nine years old. So,
2: and if anything, I would want to, uh, like, say, for example, you just you, you're not doing great at uh, getting more roles or getting, you know, getting yourself out there. you maybe your acting talents were pretty much peaked when you're a kid or something. You could right. just. Like own it, you know. Just get involved in more Star Wars stuff. Like step up and say, like, hey, like, what can I, what can I do, you know? Maybe I can voice uh, a cameo in, in you know, Rebels. You know, maybe I could, yeah. uh, you know, all sorts of. There's all sorts of cool, you know, expanded universe stuff that would excite fans to know that he's involved in doing things. Like he could actually. Make a More of a career Out of it than he has Instead of trying to shun it Because obviously He's got you know Nothing better going on <laughs> Right Running from the cops Is all I got But he
0: I don't know I think he is Vested into something I don't remember What he said though It's been a while Since I watched that video I don't know if it was Something uh, technology based Or something out of The media light You know he's He doesn't want anything To do with that anymore But again Why the hell He had a con You yeah. know
2: Exactly yeah I, I love people who Um who they do something Star Wars related and then they just they love it. They're stoked to be part of that world and they want to do more. Like uh, like Sam witwer are you familiar with that actor? No. He, um Sam witwer I'm I'm a huge fan of his from uh the American version of being human. He uh he played the vampire in that show and he was phenomenal. But he was um if you play Star Wars uh The Force Unleashed, he was mm-hmm. Star Killer. Oh, wow, yeah. Not only did they do the voice, but he, you know, they put the nodes on his face and he acted out everything for right. all the people and all that stuff. It's actually, like, his face that you're seeing in the game. And then after that, um, he was, he just, he loved working on that game and loved being part of the Star Wars universe. He actually asked, like, what, you know, is there anything more I could do for you guys in the future? And he ended up um, doing the voice of Darth Maul uh, in uh, in the, you know, the animated series for uh, however many episodes they brought him back a couple times. and. Um, and now, like he goes to cons and he's there as the being human actor, but he's always thrilled when somebody comes up and talks Star Wars with him. Um, I always thought that would be cool, like you know, getting to be part of such a massive, huge franchise. It really changed pop culture, the face of pop culture. That's like uh, that's a gift, you know. Tons of creative people would love to be in you know those shoes and uh, oh not build. Yeah. yeah,
0: just to be someone running across the background, I would be. Ki- you know kissing the yeah. ground and thanking my lucky stars like <laughs> thank you
2: <laughs> right anything you do in star wars world is is now part of history you know part of right. pop culture history no matter what and that's that's huge you know it's, it's pretty cool so anything you know anybody who complains because they had to, you know they're always known for that just makes them sound like a spoiled brat <laughs> yeah.
0: poor thing yeah. <laughs> whatever enjoy your time in jail Annie. <laughs> Well, I'll do it for the story, so let's just turn our full attention over to Josh Warner. Thanks so much again for being with us today, man.
2: Oh, happy to.
0: Absolutely. Now, when I was uh, kind of researching everything you got going on, I got overwhelmed. You're a busy guy, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I wasn't sure where to focus my attention. So uh,
2: It is difficult, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure where to focus my attention either. That's
0: a <laughs> well, you already You mentioned earlier you're busy for the next five months, but... Yeah, I, I was looking around your website. Uh, it was joshuawernerart.com, and that's as fall leaves, excuse me, as, did I say that right? As fall leaves exactly. illustration. Exactly. So tell us, what does, uh, what all does as fall leaves illustration entail?
2: um well uh it's basically it's my dba and uh i i chose a name from um it was a, it came from a line in a book that i wrote and it was my, my very first self-published book uh, i put out when i was 18 which was, wow. was like one of my big like bucket list goals was to um like before i finished my freshman year of college i wanted to uh like leave my work my mark on you know the writing world kind of thing and Um, it was, uh, it was one of those things where I started freelancing while I was in college. I was always terrified of, uh, being that guy who graduated from art school and his entire portfolio was full of assignments. Um, so like my goal from like the first year was to do enough real world work while I was in school that I didn't have a single piece of schoolwork in my portfolio, you know, when I graduated and, um. So uh, I started asphalt illustration um, quite a long time ago, and I started doing basically I just paced myself, taking on whatever jobs I could uh, I thought I could handle um, like as far as my art level you know went, and uh, and then from there it kind of grew. I, I was constantly having to challenge myself because people were coming to me with bigger and bigger jobs, and I never said no. They were like, "Oh, can you storyboard a movie?" I'm like, "Yeah." absolutely oh really you know that day i'm like going to the store and buying all these books on uh, you know storyboarding and i'm like hitting up my college professors who had experience and uh, and, that, and that happened to me actually It was when I was in school And um, it was funny I, I did I did just that I kind of like I was like I absolutely It's not a problem at all And and then I went And I grabbed one of my instructors Who I knew had worked In some storyboarding And he got me uh, He got me all sorts of Storyboard stuff for reference Like he went and got me The entire storyboarded script For the movie Face Off With uh, um, Nicholas oh, Cage Oh wow. It handed it to me He's like here it is The entire movie Like every storyboard And I was like oh cool thanks And just you know Stuff that uh, him or He had worked on Or people he knew had worked on and stuff like that and um so i was lucky uh i, w- I was always a student in college who um who frustrated his teachers to no end because i was always trying to push the boundaries of the assignment to s- push it t- more towards what i wanted to do you know because it <laughs> was always such bs stuff like uh, you know maybe i'd be in a graphic design class and they would treat every assignment like a real world job like okay you're going to design the new camel soup label or whatever and, um, and when you're done, you have this Campbell's Soup label that design that you can never show anyone because it's not really for them. You know, it's like, what's the point of this? I was always so frustrated. So right. uh, I would come into to class, uh, you know, like my illustration classes, for example. I would come in with my assignment and I would, be, I would be half an hour late for class. I hadn't slept all night. I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore to class the day before. And it's, the assignment's like three quarters of the way done. And I get totally ripped to shreds in the critique. And, um, and then I asked the teacher, you know, can I talk to you after class, you know? And he's like, sure, He usually, you know, should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when class lets out, I like, you know, I run over and I, I pull out tons of other work that for real jobs that I was doing. And I'll be like, can we talk about some of the stuff I've been working on last night? And there was like, so this is why your assignments suck. And this is why, you know, you were up all night and you didn't, still didn't get it done. Because I was like, well, yeah, your assignment isn't going to do anything for me, but this stuff is. So I need to utilize you while I'm here in school. And um, it turns out there was a lot of, uh, of, a lot of my instructors really actually appreciated that. And um, they, they totally, uh, <laughs> they passed me along through the assignments and uh, they were hard on me in front of everyone because it had to be. Right. So right. if I didn't meet the, best expectations that I could on an assignment, I would get tortoise shreds in the critique. And that's everything in art school. It's never grades. It's always a critique. So publicly, I was shamed. But privately, I was, you know, um, I I was praised and uh, they would usually after class and stuff they would invite me home with them I would go to their house and hang out in their studio and watch them work and they would you know show me some stuff and I was bringing them contracts you know that I was getting asking oh, them wow uh, could read this and you know tell me their thoughts and and in return I would re- come back with a, a, a rewritten contract that I had done and I'm like shoving this in a company's face as if I know what I'm doing and um, I pretty much bluffed my way right into the industry um, <laughs> a little, you know a little bit of help from friends and, and, but it was all based on stuff I had done You know, I I went out and I was seeking this stuff really actively and I was showing up knocking on doors of uh, like, you know, magazine publications, uh, you know, unsolicited and with my portfolio saying, you should hire me to do your cover illustration. And they're like, who are you? But anyway, so from there it took off. Um, by the time I graduated college, I, I landed a full time uh, design gig within six months, uh, being an in house uh, illustrator and designer for a fashion company. Um, who I hadn't I didn't know anything about fashion design, and um, they hired me because I knew how to draw you know traditionally and how to paint and i knew all the digital side of stuff like you know photoshop adobe illustrator InDesign, all that stuff so they needed somebody who could do everything so i could take and create original artwork and then make it uh you know able to be screen printed or embroidered or whatever they might need for each process um so it was another one that was actually a i showed up um, knocked on the door. They, you know, I, I had just looked up the art director's name online and, uh, I asked if he was there. I wasn't even sure if he still worked there or not. I didn't know anything about the place. And they were like, do you have an appointment? Are you supposed to be here? And I was like, no, but he's going to want to talk to me. And I had like
0: confidence
2: with me. And uh, it was so crazy. They, he was so taken aback. He gave me an interview on the spot and, uh, I had to come back three times. I had to do three separate interviews and I had to do some work. Um, you know, just create work that they asked me to do, like homework assignment kind of thing, to show that I I I could really do it. And uh, and I ended up getting the job, and I'm actually still juggling that along with everything else that I'm doing. Um, wow, it's it's interesting. They've they've kind of um, taken over all sorts of stuff. they doing creative things for them, uh, handling like photo shoots and production work and traveling. I do a lot of travel uh, to Asia and stuff like that, and I visit. Factories and go over designs in person, and um, it's uh, it's it keeps me keeps me busy. But uh, at night, um, with uh, with asshole's illustration, I'm still freelancing like crazy. Um, I just did uh, my first uh, Marvel gig, which was interesting. Really, what'd you (laughs) do? Um, For the Avengers: Age of Ultron movie, um, they. Uh, I, I worked on this actually finished this last year And it's just now It stores uh, um, within the past month But uh, they were putting on A trading card set And I did um, a bunch of Original little sketches You know, sketch cards Two and a half inches By three and a half inches And they get randomly inserted Into packs And there's only one They're never reproduced It's the original art nope. So it's like a super rare chase card So like if you buy A pack tra- of trading cards You might get An original piece of art That I did Um, So it's the actual card that you
0: actually put the pencil to. It's not a copy of it. Wow! Yeah, and so
2: it's a tiny, tiny. Mm -hmm. Like I do everything with magnifying glasses, and um, and and just you know, it's insanely small art, um, which always bothers me when people see it online and they blow it up bigger because it's like, no, it's not meant to be viewed that big. It's not you know, the actual art is really tiny Uh, because you know because then they can see every little pencil mark and whatnot. But it's um, it was a ton of work. I spent months on it, and uh, it was extremely strict because um it's a you know it was a a licensed deal that involved both the marvel studios uh like cinematic universe and the marvel comic book universe um so i was working for marvel studios technically uh through upper deck um the trading card company oh wow but i wasn't um i i had to utilize the I had utilized the comic book universe, which was a, a license that was kind of given to it because of all of the there's all sorts of legal things that come with doing uh, any kind of film related license stuff. And I know this from other jobs, too. Like I worked on um, I worked on a Transformers job where I worked on three licenses at once. It was G1 and also um, the first three Michael Bay films and it was also Transformers Prime. So like I I was doing all this artwork for all three of these, but there was so many rules when it came to the Michael Bay films because um, the actors, they have it already set in their contracts, they already know exactly how many promotional images are going to be used over the course of the life of the advertising and marketing for the film. So any new uh, image of them, even if it's hand drawn, if it's official art from the company, which is what I'd be doing, I, it has to be, it has to be approved by the actors, which is really difficult. You know, it's hard to get everybody back and say. By the actors? Yeah, yeah. So, like for example, uh, like I, I just did a, I did this also for, um, uh, shortly before Christopher Lee passed away, um, I did a, a job uh, drawing a bunch of images from from the Wicker Man movie that he was in, and uh, Christopher Lee had to personally approve every piece of artwork that i did of him you know anything that was of him a drawing of him he had to sign off on it because it was official art and um you can't do official art of these actors without their you know say so uh if it's anything past what the original agreement was um so like for, for the case of transformers for example they just said it's way too hard we're not gonna go try to you know bug megan fox to look at a bunch of art so um just draw the bots kind of thing you know um, so it was a similar deal with um, with Marvel, even though it was a Marvel Studios product. I drew from the Marvel uh, comic book universe instead, but of course, you know, with the, uh, I drew lots of the Vision and Scarlet Witch and Ultron and everything that you'd want to see, you know, for uh, from the film. Uh, and was, I had a ridiculously, monstrously long contract and a, a gigantic a list of things I wasn't allowed to draw and. Oh wow! Yeah. Many stipulations. Oh yeah, it was very intense. Definitely the. the most intense uh you know contract i've ever ever had
0: now you were uh you put some of those you mentioned vision and scarlet Witch. you put those on what twitter
2: yeah yeah so
0: once instagram
2: yeah but i got a bunch on instagram and facebook and twitter and uh and my tumblr and stuff like that Uh, once um once the product was out i I never showed any of the work i was doing until after it was released and people started opening the packs and finding them and stuff like that so now you can find them on ebay like left and right they're popping up all over the place that's Um, really cool man yeah it's, it's pretty
0: neat wow now aside from like illustrating uh you know like marvel characters and stuff there's a few comic books that you uh, illustrate that you actually work on Was it jack of spades and zombie rush riot right uh That's
2: yes a few yeah. anyway yep i'm the um I'm, I'm the art director at source point press which is uh uh it's it's a comic book publisher um based here in michigan and um it's I do, I do some titles for SourcePoint, and then the titles that I'm not on, I, I usually am the editor or the letter or I'm involved in some way, almost everything. But, uh, but for, I have some ongoing stuff with them. Like, uh, Jack of Spades is something I, I've been on from the beginning, and um, I actually just finished uh, penciling and inking uh, a Jack of Spades story that we're actually taking to a different publisher. Um, it's gonna be, It's going to be utilized twice, actually. It's going to be a standalone story. Um, That's going to appear in the next anthology that the Michigan Comics Collective is putting out, which is like a it's a nonprofit um, publisher that only deals with um, people in Michigan. And it's everything's like written, illustrated by, lettered by, colored by Michiganders. And uh, so they're going to be doing um, uh, an exclusive little Jack of Spades story. They'll have all to themselves for a little while. And then that same story will appear in the next issue of Jack of Spades as as a flashback sequence. Um, so it'll actually be like part of a larger story that, you know, you won't know about until that issue comes out Oh wow! so that's pretty cool, yeah I'm yeah, enjoying I'm... That, that title, I, I don't write that one, that's um, uh, Trico Luckins uh, he's the writer on that and um, he approached me uh, for that uh, a while, quite a while back and um, him and I ended up uh, he, he, he met me at a convention, you know, bought some of my work and really liked what I was doing and uh, he ended up uh, talking to me about doing a story, and then we started talking about um, some publishing options. And then we ended up building um, SourcePoint together ourselves. And then it just kind of got bigger than what we could handle. Uh, we, we still ha- we're, we're doing it. We're handling it. Um, I'm going to 20 comic book conventions this year. Holy geez. cow. SourcePoint, yeah. So it's my schedule's been insane. I feel like I'm gone almost every other weekend.
0: Um, I was just about to ask you if you were to be <laughs> at any cons. Are you going to uh, any in Ohio here?
2: Uh, yeah, actually I'll be in your neck of the woods really soon. Um, I'll be in Columbus for, uh, space. Yes. Oh, sweet. Personal. We'll see you, you there, guys, man. man. Oh, yeah, cool. we'll be there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Actually. I'm, I'm looking to, uh, I might, might end doing some panels there too. I was just talking to Bob about, uh, uh, I basically told him, I was like, I can do a big variety of panels. So like, if you've got an opportunity where you need an opening and there's a certain subject doesn't been covered, I can probably handle it. Um, so I'm hoping to uh, you really utilize my time there. I don't, I don't get out to the Columbus area very often, so I, I want to talk to lots of people, you know, you know, sure. be involved, do stuff. I don't want to be the, the Booth Barnacle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to actually kind of get out there and talk to people and do some stuff. Um, it's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Zombie Rush Riot, that is actually a... Um, it's interesting that that became a SourcePoint deal as a separate thing because uh, I was hired outside of SourcePoint through Asphalt Leaves to... Do, um, a bunch of art for a video game it was a Zombie Rush Riot iOS app video game oh, uh,
0: which oh, is available okay.
2: right now actually anybody who has like an iPhone or iPad can download it for free it's kind of like a temple run with zombies And okay, um, I'm sorry I thought it was a comic book it is it is a comic book oh I it think. is okay, yeah. I so, thought, okay. Um, it's the officially licensed uh, comic book adaptation of the game so it's um so this uh, sort of through source point we released a like volume one 72 page graphic novel that tells you the story uh behind each of the characters you can play as and unlock in the game and um you can also get some of that story as unlock con- unlockable content in the game too um so what we do is we let the game kind of be out there in the world for a while let people have the opportunity to unlock the content on their own we don't want to spoil anything with the comic and then um, I made a separate deal through Sourcepoint with the video game company mindfrost Solutions to um, to do this uh, this like big volume one uh, comic book that I, I like edited and lettered and um, it was myself and two other artists uh, so uh, there's three different artists that are telling through the chapters but for volume two they're actually just going to have me illustrate everything after that point so it'll all be me from now on and then I, oh, wow. you know I did the cover art and all that stuff too. And uh, it's pretty cool because it's one of those things where you can buy the comic and you'll enjoy it even if you've never played the game. But if you do play the game, they enhance each other because now you're like, oh, wow, this level that I'm in, that's a whole story from chapter two in the comic. And, and you can see how everything relates. And now you understand why you're doing what you're doing in the game. Um, well, otherwise it's one kind of those mindless, like Sonic the Hedgehog style games where uh, <laughs> there's really not a whole lot of story in your level. You're just running, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the thrill of running in circles and getting <laughs> the rings. Yep. So, um, so that was, that was a cool one too. And, uh, I also, uh, I did a story in SourcePoint Presents number one, which is, um, uh, it's a comic that it's like an anthology style comic has a couple short stories that feature a couple different artists. And, um. Uh, that the story that I was asked to do for number one ties into jack of spades number zero. So it's like a prequel to that. So there's kind of like a little universe that's being built by Trico Luckins. Um, he has several, uh, several comics that are going to be crossing over. In fact, I got to see, um, my, the first, for the first time I got to see somebody else draw jack of spades in a comic book, which was a really cool feeling since I kind of, you know, helped design the character and was there from the beginning and stuff. Right. Uh, so magma man is in the works right now. and, And, uh, uh, rich parada is the artist on that one and he um he did a ton of stuff he was an anchor for marvel for a long time so he did like iron man and deadpool and weapon x and he was kind of that filling guy who worked on tons of different titles um so he's had his hand in just about everything and um he's working on a separate comic uh that uh that trek Gullickens is writing that ties in and exists in the same world so i got to see him draw you know uh, like my character which is cool that's uh, awesome man yeah, it's pretty neat. I'm, I'm working on, um, like, four other comic books right now, too, that aren't out yet, um, most of which I can't really talk about. But uh, one's a license deal, which is cool. Like, we're really trying to, you know, SourcePoint as a company is expanding uh, rapidly over the next, course of the next year. And we're going to be putting out a lot more content. So um, we just wrapped up a licensing deal for a really cool... Uh, kind of outside-the-box comic book. It's, it's going to be... Um, I can't talk about the license or what it is yet, but it's it's a horror graphic novel, basically, and that's really hey, cheek. It's, and yeah, I, I'm, I do a ton of horror-related stuff, so um, I'm, I'm stoked to uh, to be on the title. So right now, what I'm doing presently is uh, character designs for that, since um, the, the, the license involves real people, so I have to... Um, I'm doing their character designs for uh with their likenesses that they're all gonna be signing off on as like this is what you're going to look like in the comic book version of you. And um so that's pretty I'm pretty stoked about that one. That's gonna be pretty awesome. And then uh yeah, for that I'm doing uh like pencils and inks and then for other titles I'm doing uh I'm doing some of them just doing lettering. Uh I just took on a job where I'm just doing coloring a uh, little bit of everything i got another story i'm actually working on um for the michigan comics collective uh that i wrote and i'm illustrating and coloring and, and lettering I'm doing 100 of it and it, it's a horror it's a horror story for uh, a horror anthology called 13 little hells and um mm-hmm. i'm pretty stoked about that it's edited by david hayes um who i'm a big fan of he's like a kind of a bee movie legend he's worked on like uh, like over well over a hundred like b horror films and um him and i've kind of become friends and uh i've worked on a few different projects for him so uh, it's cool to see him editing this anthology and for me to be part of it and kind of solidify that relationship uh, publicly a little more actually i did something kind of cool for him recently too um Uh, the 1960s musical It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Is anybody familiar with it? No. Um, So there was a... In 1966 on Broadway, there was It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. It was an official uh, Superman, you know, musical. And it's really, really 60s, like painfully silver age, uh, the point of just being too hysterical and, and really funny by today's standards. And um, he just brought it to Michigan for the very first time in history. Uh, David Hayes got the license to do it in a theater in Howell, Michigan. And um, once he had the license, um, it's interesting because it's uh, working with the musical is a separate, it's a slightly separate deal from like DC Comics. It's owned by DC Comics, of course, but it's, it's licensed to this musical company. But through this musical company, it was a really kind of a backdoor into getting to work on something Superman-related. So as soon as he he had this opportunity to kind of direct this, and he actually rewrote some of the script, um, which was very cool that they let him do that. And uh, he he immediately contacted me. He's like, um, you know, Josh, you have a really cool like throwback style that you do sometimes. He's like, do you think you could emulate the 1960s daily newspaper strip? uh, look for Superman. He's like to a T, like it has to be perfect. And I said, okay, yeah, I, I, sure I could. So I did. So I actually for the, for research, what, what he wanted was for me to do a series of daily newspaper, 60 strips that would be an exclusive comic book story that would appear in the program for the play. So for research, I read, um, from 1959 to 1969, I read every single daily newspaper strip. So it was, you know, hundreds, um, and uh there was probably three different artists like main artists that covered the course of the, the span of that decade and um, i kind of blended them all three of them together in my style in this kind of really fun ridiculous uh story that uh that david hayes wrote and uh it it utilizes characters from the uh, the real broadway and um it also uses utilizes lex luthor and batman and um it was it was nuts and anybody who didn't get to go to the show or didn't get their hands on the, one of the programs afterwards or anything like that, they can just go to my website and um, and they can see the whole little strip there. Uh, it's really fun and cheesy, intentionally cheesy. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I did see it on your website, actually. It's on the front page, isn't it? Yeah, it should be the
2: most recent thing on the news section.
0: I'll pull it up and show you. Wow, I, I can't believe those are reproductions. I thought they were uh, actual, uh, like, the old strips. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Yeah, hey, I'll take that as a big compliment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, and your website is joshuawernerart.com. Yes. And uh, you're also on Twitter at JoshuaFrantic, so yep. people can uh, follow, you on, follow you on there and also on Instagram, but I forgot to write down the handle on Instagram. Uh,
2: that one is AFL Illustration. All there one you more. go. I make now, it tough on people. Everything's different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally worth finding it, though. There's a lot of good stuff to look at on there. And uh, once again, I think we gave you a shout-out last week. Was it last week's show? I heard that. Thank you. Well, no, thank you. My God. Uh, all the love you show on Twitter, man. That's, that's amazing. We appreciate it more than you can ever imagine. So thank you. You bet. And thanks for being with us today, man. It's been a lot of fun talking with you.
2: Yeah. Likewise.
0: Thanks. Uh, really quick, before we sign totally all the way out, uh, a, few, a few more shout outs We're going to do here. Uh, one, Adrian has issues, and two, NerdFit News, both of which are on Twitter, uh, also have been retweeting yeah. and favoriting and helping us uh, get Spread our name. Read the words. Yeah. Anyone we can get, we appreciate. So thank you so much. Um, another thing I wanted to just mention, really quick. Uh, we had David J. Fielding on, what was that, uh, four, five weeks ago? Something, something like, like that, yes. uh, He was uh, Zordon on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and when he was on, he had been talking about, uh, we all talked about uh, the Zordon of El Tar fan film that was in production, that he actually provided the voice for uh, one of the characters, not Zordon, but one of the characters in the movie. That movie released this past Saturday and is on YouTube, free to watch. Zordon of El Full Movie type that into your uh, search browser on YouTube if you want I'll to check that out that on the website too yeah there can you I go I gotta
2: can put some videos up can I plug something for him really quick actually go right ahead um, he many people might not know but he's a, just an amazing author he's a really, cool. really yes fantastic. he is and um, I've had the pleasure of editing and publishing a couple of his stories um, so if anybody goes to sourcepointpress.com um, you can actually see some of his writing in some of our books and um, it's really really phenomenal stuff Uh, He did a really incredible werewolf story in our uh, book, Lycan Lore. And um, he can also be found in Alter Egos Volume 1 and Volume 2, uh, writing superhero fiction, uh, which he's building an entire uh, comic book universe of his own. Uh, Super talented, talented writer. Fun, fun, I just
0: wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Any Power Ranger fan, definitely get a uh, kick out of this. So that's all for shout-outs. Jack, what do we have on the website? Show recaps, videos, trailers... Zordon of Baltar. Oh, yeah, the movie. It's going to be right on the website.
1: <laughs> uh, we got some photos and the Canned Air Video Game Store, Comic Book Store, and
0: Movie Store. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Canned air Pod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And, uh, again, speaking of David J. Fielding, we're, we have some autographed cards here. We're going to be, uh, what is it not raffle, but have a contest. and a going to give away. Them. Still, again, trying to figure out how exactly it's done. I want to make sure uh, we do it correctly, <laughs> so keep an eye out on uh, on social media, and we'll let you know when that's ready. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to our page. Check out our unboxing videos for Team N T Box. Yeah, we've only got a few up there, but yeah. uh, Jack's been dabbling in the video editing universe, <laughs> and man the results coming back so far have been cool and you're not even trying so yeah, yeah I'm
1: surprising myself
0: Yeah, you're probably going to see an explosion in uh, our, our video channel over the next six months to a year I'd imagine so uh, keep an eye out for that I'm sure we'll keep you updated via Twitter and on the show uh, anything else Jack that's
2: all I got anything else Josh uh, no just except uh, you know if anybody gets a chance swing by my website check out some stuff uh, I'm teaching a class coming up. I'm teaching one right now, presently, but uh, after this session ends, I'm teaching an online class on how to make comic books where I'm going to tell like a million secrets. So anybody who's into comics and wants to learn some tricks of the trade might be interested in that sort of thing. The, those, uh, I think I saw one.
0: Was, it, was that an online video?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. There was like a, I think on my website somewhere I might have it up. Uh, there's a, like an intro video I did for Artful Gathering where I talk a little bit about the classes I'm teaching for them this summer. Yeah, I think I saw one of them. Maybe I, yeah.
0: Session 2 is what I saw. But maybe we can put those on the website. There's sure. a lot of videos going up this week, aren't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, until next... Wait, we're taking next week off, aren't we? Uh, is that next week? Yes. 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 So uh, we'll have episodes, what is it, 4, 5, four, and 6, six yep. of the old Superman radio show that aired, what was that, in the 40s, 30s, and 40s, something like that? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Some cheesy sound effects, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, One of our back episodes, I don't remember which one it was, what number it was, but it's just called Superman Radio Show. Those are episodes one, two, and three. Next week, we'll have four, five, and six. So uh, if you enjoyed that, tune in. They're good. Yeah. And until we come back next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty.
2: And I'm Joshua Werner.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. While you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you Why don't you pull out your mobile device And get on CandarePodcast.com? Shoot it may even help him find you Well that makes no sense Hey what are you doing near my son Time to split G.I. Joe Ooh, like-
1: I got to Well the guy voila.
0: Oh uh, th- what did? The- Terrible man